Get ready business owners that make under a million dollars per year. I'm getting ready to launch my brand new online Dominate Zero to a Million Dollars business hub with the goal of giving small business owners what they need to grow their business past their first million dollars. With the tips, the tools, the processes, the frameworks and the trainings to scale their business past the first million dollars without wasting years and millions of dollars like I did with all the trials, errors and mistakes that cost me. This will give those of you out there wanting to make your first million dollars the fast track to scaling your business. Stay tuned for the launch. So I think that if you want to massively reduce stress in your business, these are such critical steps and especially startup business owners or scaling business owners avoid doing this. Because of that, they don't know what projects they're working on. They've got shiny object syndrome. They're running around stressed out, tired, burnt out, but there's also a lot of tension in the business owner and also in their staff. The most driven people in the world want to build great empires and leave a great legacy. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is my attempt at documenting the lessons I'm learning on my way to building a $100 million empire that helps people perform better in life and business. My hope is that you use these lessons to live a kick-ass life while building your own empire and leaving a powerful legacy. I hope you share and enjoy. In this episode, I'm gonna talk about how to effectively plan in business so that you're getting direct feedback that you need to make good decisions in your business as the business owner or as a leader in a business. Driven mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Today, I'm gonna to be talking about how to better plan in your business. After working with, I would say, probably over a thousand business owners now, that the majority of business owners, especially in startup or in scale phase, are really poor at planning. And so because of that, they tend to run around a lot and communicate very poorly. Their team don't know what to do, even though the business owner thinks that the team knows what they're doing. You'll notice that they don't just based on the results that they're not getting, the amount of stress and tension within the team. You might have higher than normal turnover and it can create just a lot of problems. In the business owner though, you'll notice that they just have this tension all the time and they feel like they have to be working. They always have to be on. They will tend to interrupt staff members through their communication. They tend to bounce around between ideas as well and chase shiny objects. These are things that won't help a business to grow effectively. And it also won't be something that makes a business owner enjoy business. In fact, most business owners are stressed out consistently because they have poor, I guess you could say reporting. They have a ineffective way of planning what needs to be done within the business. So what I wanted to do today was I wanted to go through a step-by-step -step process that we use because we've just done it now where we finished the first quarter. So we just spent the weekend doing our quarterly planning. And I wanna talk about how I do it, how I think through it and why it's so important. There's also a big flow in between doing this and also achieving in your personal life. So even if you're not a business owner, just by listening to this, it might give you some key ideas and some concepts that you can implement in your personal life. But the first thing is I got taught this by one of the heads of Sales Sniper, Marco. And what it is, is it's a mind map. And what it stands for is most important numbers and drivers. And so we essentially built this out almost like a bit of a, essentially a mind map. And so we did it on, I guess, one of those softwares that you can use. Like I think we did it on Miro, where what you do is you look at all the numbers through the whole business from the top to the bottom. And so, you know, you might start with things like, the amount of cash that we need to create or our goal to create in the next 90 days or even in the next 12 months. And so you write that number down. Then you look at the other most important numbers that come off of that. So 
you really want to figure out how much in sales do you need to produce in order to hit that number. And then from there, how many sales does that look like? So you need to know what products your goal is to sell in order to reach that target. So if you've got to reach, let's say, $1,000, do you have to sell X amount of products at $19.95? Or do you have to sell X amount of products at $500? You need to know what that looks like so that you can drive your sales team. If you don't know that number, then it's very, very hard to drive sales numbers. So you wanna know what you wanna produce, let's say in the next 90 days, cause that's what we worked off of. So let's say you wanna produce a million dollars in the next 90 days. Well, how many products have to be sold and what product types have to be sold in the next 90 days? Now, when we're goal setting, we are planning, we're sort of forecasting for the future. These are idea targets. They're not gonna be exact, but that's what we want to drive. We wanna make sure that we really understand what we're trying to achieve. Now, most business owners avoid doing this because if I say, how many products do you need to sell in the next 90 days in order to hit your cash flow targets? They'll go, well, shit, I don't know. And then when you ask them, well, how are your team supposed to sell? And they'll say something like, well, we wanna try and make as much cash as we can from the team selling anything that they can to the customer. We wanna sell the right product. We wanna get that to them, but they just need to sell, 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 sell in order to hit that target because now we've set the target, they should know. Well, that's pretty ignorant if you're a business owner or a leader in a team. You really need to know exactly what they have to sell in order to achieve that goal. So we have a $20,000 product, we've got a $2,500 product. My one-on-one -on -one coaching for 12 months can be in excess of $120,000. So if our target is to hit a million dollars within 90 days, does that mean that they're going to sell, let's say my one-on-one -on -one coaching to 10 people for a hundred plus thousand dollars? because okay, that would hit that target. But then they might be selling a $20,000 product, which then means that for one person, that might be too much work for one person to be able to hit a million dollars target in 90 days selling a $20,000 product. Now, it might not. But if it is, then you've got to go out and then hire a second salesperson or a third salesperson. So by doing this type of planning, you're effectively thinking ahead. And so what Jess and I normally do is we will sit down in the office with a whiteboard and we will put a target down first. And then we work backwards on that target. So is it realistic for the team to sell 10 one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions with me for a 12-month period? Also, if they sold that, that takes up my time. So do I have enough time to be able to do that? And probably not. So then we've got to work backwards. Okay, so now that we might be able to sell, let, let's say two of those, which is $200,000. So the goals for the sales team might be to sell two of those over the next 90 days based on my time constraints. So then what else do they have to sell? And you just play around with the numbers and you try to figure out what's going to be the best outcome. So once you've got that, then you can put down the other most important numbers. So you're going to put down your sales numbers, okay, what the sales target is. You're going to put down things like the lead target. So how many leads do they need and at what conversion rate in order to hit those numbers? Now, most business owners, once again, hate doing this because then they've got to sit down and really figure it out. And they're in a rush. They just want to make money. They just want to sell shit. They've got to deliver these products and services. So we just got to get everything done. And that's how they operate, but that's also why their business doesn't scale because they won't stop and spend 24 to 48 hours just sitting there and planning and thinking. When we did our most recent planning session over the weekend, that there took two days. And for those two days, I would do a little bit of work. So we would do maybe two hours of the planning and would think through stuff. Then I would go out and I'd mow the lawns or I would train or I would go for a drive or something like that. Because what it does is it gives your brain time to think through things. Then I would come back and do the next stage of planning because then I can think through what could go wrong, what could go right, where are the team not gonna hit their targets, 
Do we have enough staff? Do we have enough resources to achieve those things? So we really want to think about those most important numbers first and think through everything. So we go through the most important numbers first. We're going to set our sales targets. We're going to set our lead generation targets that we need in order for the sales team to be able to hit their sales targets. Then from there, what we need to look at, and, and you might also have to set like what tax rates you're looking at as well, like what the profits are, because I'm just talking revenue at the moment, but you might need to think about the profits that you want to make. So can you reduce your tax rate somehow? Is there some other way of reducing expenditures so that you can increase profit margins? So these are the things that we want to think through. Then after that, you've got the drivers. So then you're going to take each team and you're going to figure out the key number drivers for each team. So for instance, our customer service team, or we call our customer success or customer experience team, one of their drivers, when we look at that, in order to be able to hit the targets that we have based on revenue, which is the most important numbers, we want to go back and have a look at what are the customer service numbers or the customer success numbers that we need to hit. Now, this becomes a little bit harder because customer service or let's say administration, a lot of the time they don't really get held to accountability on the key numbers and the key metrics within a business. So when I was working with Marco from Sales Sniper, one of the things that he said is that their team have to achieve a eight out of 10 success rating for their customers, which means that a customer has to achieve their first outcome or their first goal within 30 days. So they have to hit a target that they set within 30 days to make sure that the customer's success rating is an eight out of 10. And so for us, our customer success person has to hit an eight out of 10, which means eight out of 10 people are going to get results within the first 30 days. That also means that we're probably going to increase referrals. So we can put a referral number down there as well in the drivers. So MIND, it's the acronym when I'm talking about a mind map for business, M-I-N is most important numbers and the D is drivers. So what drives those numbers? The driver for the customer service or the customer success person is an eight out of 10 success rating that eight out of 10 customers get their first win within 30 days. And if there are any problems, there's a rating system. So if a customer has some problems like they can't access resources, they immediately drop from let's say an eight or a seven out of 10, which the customer service person reports on every week, they drop then down to a five, which means emergency action needs to be taken by the team. And so then we go back in there and we get in touch with them and we start working with them again to push them back up to an eight out of 10, at least or above. So that's one of the driver numbers for customer service or customer success. Now for a salesperson, their most important drivers might be their call rate. So how many calls are they making every day? How many contacts are they making every day? Or how many conversations? How many proposals are they sending out? These are the drivers that are eventually going to lead to the most important numbers. So most important numbers again is the overall, what are we really trying to achieve here? What's the cash look like that we're gonna create in the next 90 days? How many sales do we need to create and what type of sales? Then from there, how many leads do we need? Then we take them, we put them down into drivers. So we've got the customer service person or our customer success person. They have their drivers. Then you've got the marketing team. So the marketing team are gonna have their drivers. So they might have to create 2000 leads in a month, every month. So they will have their numbers. Then you've got the sales team. They might need to make, let's say, 1,000 outbound calls. Let's say it's 30 days. So they might have to make, I can't remember off the top of my head, but let's say it's 2,000 outbound dials. So that might be one of them. The other one might be that they might have to make, 20% of those have to be converted into proposals. So we want to have a 20% strike rating for proposals and so on. I'm just making these numbers up off the top of my head. But every team has to have drivers that they're working towards. So we have the overall numbers, which are the most important numbers. And then you've got the drivers. The drivers are essentially what's driving those numbers. So once you've created that, that could take anywhere between a day or two days. 
to get all of those numbers if it's the first time you've done this. Then from there, what we wanna do is once we've got that, we then set our one thing for the next 90 days. So what's the one real big thing we're focusing on? Are we just focusing on sales? Are we focusing on making the company profitable over the next 90 days? Like let's say the economy's changed and profitability has dropped and so you're running into loss. So you might wanna pick that profitability up over the next 90 days. But what we wanna do is we wanna set a one thing. If you haven't read the book, The One Thing, it's a quick little read, it's a nice short book. It essentially equates to where focus goes, energy flows. So we wanna focus on one thing for the next 90 days. Is it to massively increase leads? Is it to drive sales and optimize conversion rates? Is it to just increase cash flow? It all depends what you're really looking for for the next 90 days. And you've got to be honest with yourself. What does that look like? So once you've set one thing, then every morning in your morning meeting, and I'm a huge fan of having morning meetings or morning huddles before everybody starts, because then what you're doing is you're welcoming to the business. You're getting them set for the day. Now, if you haven't gone back there, there is an episode on this, but you're essentially welcoming the team to work. You're breaking their state so that they get in the state of work mode not just rocking up to work and then starting work and thinking about what's happening at home and with the kids and everything like that, because it leads to more unproductive behaviors. When you have a clear break in the morning where first thing in the morning we get to work, everyone gets pumped up and enthusiastic for the day, we break their state and we get them into work mode. Then from there, we go through the core values of the business, we go through our mission of the business, we go through our core target market, and then we go through what are the key things that we're focusing on for this month. Now, we don't have to go through every team, but we just need to know what's the direction we're heading in for the next 90 days or the next 30 days on why that's important. So this is where you bring in the one thing, okay? So our one thing over the next 90 days is that we're gonna increase, let's say, profits, okay? And so everything that we do is directed towards that and you remind the team of that. I remember hearing a quote, and that is that when you're sick of saying it, people start to listen. So you want to make sure that you're saying it every day over and over and over again. We speak about our company values every day in every meeting. Because when we do that, what it does is it reinforces the culture. It also allows us to reprimand people. So one of our values is driven. Now, if a staff member is not driven and they're not achieving certain results, they might be clashing against that value. So I can pull them aside and say, hey, look, you know, one of our high values is being driven. Now you're not achieving targets. Are you sure that this job is right for you? Or is there something else that's getting in the way? Like, how can I help you to get your drive back? What's going on? And I can have that conversation based on values not just based on what most business owners do and run past somebody and say something like, hey, we need to talk later. I need you to just get this stuff done at the moment though. If you can just quickly get that done, like I really need you to be productive today. That's how most business owners communicate and it is very disempowering for team members, but it also creates a lot of chaos and a lot of stress within the team. There's no need to do that. I can pull them aside. I can have a chat about the values of the company and why that's important to us. And if a team member doesn't match, then they're not a culture fit, they've got to go. So we have two key things that we hire on. One of them is competence and the other one is culture. If someone's a culture fit, they're gonna fuck up the whole team. If someone is incompetent, they're gonna fuck up the whole team and they're gonna fuck up the business. So we want those two things in alignment. If one of those things is out of alignment, I pull them aside. I have a chat with them about the values of the organization, the mission, where we're going. And then from there, we get them to either get back on board or get them off board. So we wanna have that one thing. Then once we've got the one thing that we're focused on for the next 90 days, we go to the OKR system of goal setting. Now the OKR system stands for objectives and then key results. Now, if you haven't read the book by John Dewar, it's called Measure What Matters and it's a great little book on the OKR goal setting system. It's probably the best one that I've come across for businesses. We use this in our business growth odyssey. So as part of our mastermind at the end of the mastermind, so on the last day after lunch, 
everyone in the group, so all the business owners set their next 90 day plan using the OKR system. And so the objectives gives a big overview and then the key results are the metrics that they have to hit in order to achieve that outcome or that objective. Let's say our one thing. So we're gonna set our one thing first. The one thing might be to increase profitability over the next 90 days. Then when you go to the OKR system, the objective to do that might be that we need to generate 2000 leads per month or 2000 qualified leads per month for the sales team. And so that's the first objective. The second objective might be something along the lines of, we need to make sure that we are hitting 500 outbound dials per week or something like that. I'm just making up the numbers. They probably don't even align, but you get the idea. So these are just big overviews. It doesn't really tell us how that's gonna happen and it doesn't really tell us the specific metrics or the numbers in order to be able to do that. So that's the objective. It might be to make sure that we increase the customer satisfaction rating to a nine out of 10. So we just need to know what is the big overview sort of tasks that will help us get to that one thing. Then we're going to set the key results for each of those objectives. So the first objective, let's say we are going to increase profitability by doing 200 outbound calls per week. Okay, well, what do we need to do in order to do that? So it might be that we need to set up a brand new phone system for the sales team and change over our customer management system to da -da 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 by this date. That's a key result. So there are metrics in there. If there's no metrics, it's not a key result. The reason why I love the OKR system is because for someone like me, I'm a big picture thinker. So I have these big sort of, I can see the big picture of everything. So I can set the objectives really, really well. Where I struggle more is in the key results because I'm not as detailed as someone else like Jess, who's my wife. Jess is very detailed. Now she normally works from details up to objectives. I work from objectives down into details. So you'll find different team members will work differently in the way that they perceive goals. So I like to have a bit of an overview around what I'm trying to achieve. So I actually have my OKRs in front of me. So in our next 90 days, we've got create a consistent flow of qualified leads to allow for predictability in sales and cash flow. And number two is streamline sales and marketing operations to create consistency and predictability. So they're the two objectives. Then what we do is we break them down. So when we grab the first one, the first objective, which is create a consistent flow of qualified leads to allow for predictability in sales and cash flow. Then what we do is we go down into the specific lead number. So generate 3000 qualified leads, which leads to let's say 300 triage bookings or first initial contact calls within that month. Then we're gonna convert those 300 calls into 30 sales with a 25% conversion rate and blah, blah, blah. Now I've just sort of made up those numbers because I'm not gonna give you how exact numbers and what we're trying to do. But as you can see, the objective is an overview, which is the create the consistent flow of qualified leads to allow for predictability in sales and cash flow. That's just big and broad. There's no numbers in there, there's no detail. But when I go down into the key results, they're metric. So we know we need to generate 3000 qualified leads, which lead to 300 bookings of triage calls each month. And then the second one is convert those 300 triage calls to 30 sales with a 25% conversion rate and da, da, da. So that's specifically what we're looking at. Quickly, if you're a business owner in Australia that makes over 300K per year and you're wanting to grow to $10 million or you're frustrated that your business still heavily relies upon you to get stuff done effectively and efficiently, then message me or my team on social media to find out more about my 12-month business implementation and growth mastermind called Business Growth Odyssey. We currently only intake 
10 business owners each month into the program, and there are still some places open for this month's intake. Our goal is to help you to create more operational freedom in your business so that the business doesn't rely on you as the owner. We help you to implement processes, systems, management, hiring, and all the other things like sales, marketing, and so on to help you to scale your business without the usual levels of extreme anxiety, stress, pressure, overwhelm, etc. that most business owners face when they scale their business between 300K and $10 million. Plus, the best thing is you attend live business growth events each quarter, have weekly accountabilities, and join an amazing network of driven business owners who do not accept mediocrity in life or business. So message me or reach out to my team to find out more and set up a call. So now when I go back through about how to effectively plan, you essentially have the mind map, which is the big map with all the numbers in there that you need to hit. Now you can go back to that map at any point in time. So I look at mine every week and I sort of see how we're at, where we're going. And as the owner of the business, I get a big overview of the business. I know exactly what everything needs to look like. So we're gonna be working towards that. Then I take that mind map and I convert it into the one thing. What's the one thing that we're gonna be working on over the next 90 days? We need to get really, really clear with that one thing over the next 90 days. So for us, our one thing is to create consistency, stability, and predictability in sales and cash flow. So that's our one thing. That way, when a staff member comes to me and they say, hey, Michael, I got this great idea. I can say, okay, well, how does that create consistency, stability, and predictability in sales and cash flow? And what it does is it either reminds them that they're off track or it makes sure that they are on track and maybe it's a good task that they could implement in their tasks. So then once we've got that one thing, we then set the objectives, which are part of the OKR system. And so we're going to create a consistent flow of qualified leads to allow for predictability in sales and cash flow. And we're going to streamline our sales and marketing operations to create consistency and predictability. So now that I have those objectives, again, a team member comes to me, they say, hey, I've got this great idea, which I think will be able to help with the one thing. But then there are only two objectives. Now I have to decide, does their recommendation create a third objective? Or does it fit into the first or second objective? Or do I just say, no, we'll put on the list and we'll talk about it in the next 90 days when we're planning. But what your job is, is if you're the business owner and you're erratic, your team are gonna be massively erratic. If you are running around like crazy because you're fear-driven and you're worried about money and you're worried about cash flow, then your team's gonna be stressed out, worried, fearful also. And so they're gonna be highly reactive. If this is resonating with you and you're a business owner, you will 100% need to get better at creating stability in the business. And you cannot do that without effectively creating a proper map and a plan for your business. Now that we've got the mind map, so your most important numbers and drivers, then we've also got our one thing. We also have our OKRs. You now have a whole bunch of barriers, which then make sure you keep the team on the same track. Okay, if not, the team go off track and then you'll be freaking out as a business owner, you'll be stressed out and you won't know what's going on in your team. Okay, everyone will be doing all things and you're not sure whether there's people mismatching work. It's just, it's so stressful. I used to be exactly like it and it's so stressful. And I see most business owners go through this. Like when I'm speaking to someone over the phone and I'm trying to get them to come to our business growth Odyssey Mastermind, in there, most of them are so stressed out and burnt out and tired and they're running off of adrenaline. They have poor communication skills because they just run past and tell everybody what to do. They have this huge amount of energy when things are going well and when they are... Uh, re-energize from a weekend off. But then what happens is they're really erratic in their communication. So then the team get off track, then the team stop performing. And then they start feeling really, really down and like they're in a rut and they're all really stressed out and they're frustrated. And so this is a consistent cycle most business owners because they don't set the most important numbers and drivers. And also they're not really effectively planning with their OKR system and so on. So now that you've got the objectives and then the key results, then from there, we go on to plan projects. So we grab each OKR and we start planning out projects. 
So if I go to, let's say here, of the objective is to create a consistent flow of qualified leads to allow for predictability in sales and cash flow. And we're gonna generate 3000 qualified leads with 300 booked calls per month. Then I can grab those numbers and I sit there and I go, okay, well, how are we gonna do this now? What projects do we need to implement? Like what has to happen? What has to happen from a customer service level? How can they help us hit those numbers? What do we need from the sales team? What do we need from the marketing team? And then from there, I can start to create projects and you put that into a project management system with datelines. That way I know that when I wake up this morning, I know exactly what my team have to execute. I also know what the team have to execute and finish off by the end of this week. So because now I have predictability knowing what the team are gonna execute by the end of the week, I know what they have to achieve by the end of next week. I can predictably know everything that's happening in the business week by week in every team because it is in our systems and we can assign tasks to certain team members or certain teams and I know that they're getting done. So you can use software like ClickUp or Monday.com or Basecamp and you can see exactly where all the projects are at. So at any point during the week, if I go, shit, what are the marketing team doing or who's doing this? I can just go to the task management software. I can see who's doing what. I can see where they're up to in the project. I can see if they need help, if they need extra resources. And what it does is it gives feedback. Now, sometimes I might be a little erratic and I might set goals that are too narrow in their time frame, And I might set unrealistic timeframes on projects, but I can start to see where they're at and have those conversations with them. So I can call a meeting and say, hey guys, look, we're a couple of weeks off track with this project and these numbers. What's going on? Like, what are the problems? How can I help? Do you need extra resources? Like we've got to hit this timeline. What do we need in order to get it back on track? And so they might say, look, we're short staff. So then I've got to go out and get a new staff member. Or they might say, look, you know, we've just had some problems with some of the software. So then I've got to go and figure out, do we need to update the software? But that means now that I become the person who, I guess you could say I'm the ringmaster in a circus. That's probably a good analogy. I'm the ringmaster in the circus. I'm not part of the circus. And what most business owners are is they're actually part of the circus. In fact, they're the ones that are going crazy and, and making it a circus. If you just set this stuff up, like for a first time business owner that isn't used to doing this, it's probably gonna take one to two weeks to get all of these steps in place. That's realistic. But after you've done it once, like now that I have my most important numbers and drivers on my map, I can essentially see what's happening for the whole entire year. And what we need to do in order to hit our big target, our yearly target, both financially and our big objectives. I also know what's got to happen over the next 90 days through the OKRs. Then from there, I can drive the team through the objectives and the key results and keep reminding them, this is what we're here to achieve over the next 90 days. There are other projects. There are other things we could take on. There are heaps of different opportunities. We could take them all, but that's not going to help us to achieve what we really want in 12 months. Now I can drive the team effectively. It makes me heaps calmer. It makes me really focused. I don't have to run around like an idiot like most business owners do, where they're going crazy and they're trying to do 50 things at once. They're running around erratically doing things, stressing everybody out. And then after that, the business owner's burning out, feeling guilty like they're not doing enough because the business is off track. And they're trying to figure out and problem solve all the time. And they're not really problem solving for purposeful reasons. They're problem solving because they're creating all these fucking problems that they've got to solve all the time. Now, let me go through the system again. Once you've got your mind, your most important numbers and drivers, then you're going to set your one thing. Then you set your OKRs. Once you've got your OKRs, you break them down into specific projects and tasks that then you delegate to the team. If you're a decent sized business, you might have to delegate them to the team. So you might have the marketing team, the sales team, and you know the projects that need to be completed and you deliver it to the head of marketing. And then the head of marketing essentially breaks it down into the tasks and they make sure that they're coming back to achieve 
the tasks or the outcomes that you want from that team. So let's say it's 3,000 leads from the marketing team. You might give that to the marketing manager and say, we need 3,000 leads by the end of this month. I want you to come up with the tasks by the end of next week or by the end of this week. I want to sit down with you, go over everything. I want to approve it all. And then once it's approved, then you know exactly what's going on in your business. So once you've got that, then what you do is you create a work in progress report. So I have every team leader do their work in progress report and report it to me at the end of the week. So I essentially get a report from sales, from marketing, from customer service or customer success and my management team. They send me their work in progress report at the end of the week. So therefore I'm on top of everything that's happening within the organization. When most business owners are running around erratically, they're not on top of everything that's going on in their organization. I actually think now that we're a little bit bigger, the business runs better than when we were smaller. Now, most people say a smaller business is easy to manage, but it's easy to manage because you can just run around and consistently ask people stupid questions. Like you can just walk into someone's office and go, hey, how's everything going with this project? Now you've just interrupted them. They might've been in the middle of a project. They are on track with their mindset and they're thinking about something and they're in depth and their thought processes are 100% on this task. And you've just walked in, interrupted them, broke their train of thinking, that's gonna take them 30 to 60 minutes to get back up to that level of thinking again. And you did that because you needed to know something that was urgent for you or important for you, but wasn't important for the rest of the company. It's just that you're the manager, so they gave you that information, but you just fucked up their thinking for an hour. That's really bad management and leadership. That should have been a planned meeting that was already set up. It should have been sent through an email. That time should have been organized previously. Like very rarely do I just interrupt my staff. Okay, I used to, but I don't do it anymore because I have everything that I need. I can look at the projects and where they're up to. I'm getting a weekly report. Now, if something goes wrong, like let's say something goes wrong throughout the day, the team will message me and they'll say, hey, this is happening. This is what's going on. And I'll say, just send me one of your work in progress reports. And what they'll do is they'll send me a work in progress report with the problem, with the information and the data that I need so that then I'm looking through it objectively. I'm not getting all involved in people's emotions. Like let's say we're off track with the project, the marketing team, there's some personal issues there within the team that's affecting the rest of the team. There's some communication problems. I don't wanna get on a phone call and have four people communicating with me through their emotional states about how shit everything is and how stuff's off track and what's going on. I don't wanna get involved in that crap. I wanna stay out of it. So I'll get the team leader to send me a work in progress report with what's exactly going on. It'll have the data and the numbers in there. So then when I get on a phone call with them or I get on a Zoom call, I can see exactly what's happening. I've already had time to think about it and I've been able to problem solve it. Then I can get on there and know exactly what I need to do. I can reassure the team that we're on track. Here's the solution. That conversation can then be a 15 to a 30 minute conversation to get everybody back on track instead of being a two hour shit session where everyone's just complaining about stuff and I'm listening and fuck that. That's just too crazy. So first of all, we create our mind map, most important numbers and drivers. Then we go and we set our one thing. After we've set our one thing, which is the one thing we're focusing on over the next 90 days or the next 30 days, we're then going to go set our OKRs or our objectives and our key results. Once we have that, then we break them down into specific projects and actionable items, and we assign them to certain people or we assign them to a certain team. Then from there, they work on the projects, they start getting the projects done. Once that's done, then I just have my weekly reporting, which is, we call it a whip. This again came from Marco from Sales Sniper. So we have a whip or a work in progress report and the leadership team send that at the end of every week with their numbers, their outcomes, their objectives, their roadblocks, and how they're gonna overcome those roadblocks. If they need help with anything, then I jump on a Zoom call with them, but they have to send me a work in progress in order to get that call. They can't just call me via phone or you know run past an office and go, hey, I just need a chat. Like that doesn't happen in our organization anymore because it's just too erratic. And then from there, if you've done that right, 
as a business owner, you know everything that's going on. You can be completely calm. You can be working on future planning processes, or you can be working on improving the business, or getting out and having coffee meetings and opening up new opportunities. You can do all of that because you know everything that's happening behind the scenes. Without a structure like this, most business owners will stay small, they'll be erratic, they'll be crazy, and it's just too hard. And this is why I see so many business owners feel that huge amount of tension in their body consistently and also in their mindset because they're just so stressed out. They don't know what's going on and they're trying to control everything. They have micromanagement issues. They're frustrated. Projects aren't going to hand. They don't know how to communicate effectively. They don't really know what they're doing. And that's understandable. If you're a new business owner, it's almost like being a new parent. Like you don't know what you're doing. You're just trying to figure it out as you go along. It will be okay and you'll work it out. But it can be very, very stressful if you don't have someone to guide you, if you listen to most other business owners, because most of the other business owners are also erratic and crazy and mental. And this is where you'll hear business owners get together and they just complain about how shit their business is, how shit staff are, and they just complain all the time. That's because they're out of control and they don't know what's going on in their organization. So anyway, give this a shot. If you've enjoyed this session, please just shoot me a message on any of my social media pages. If I've got any templates or tools, just shoot me a message and say, hey, I enjoyed the session on planning. Do you have an example of a mind map or do you have an example of an OKR or do you have you know any of the planning stuff? Because if I've got some of it lying around, I can just flick it to you and you can just use the templates. So just message me on my social media platforms. It's MichaelMojo00 on any of the platforms and I'll see what I have available to be able to share. Sometimes I can't share things because everything that I have has all of our IP or intellectual property in there. I can't share that stuff, but I can share if I've got some stuff that I share with our Business Growth Odyssey event. I can just flip it across. I'm not going to give you the whole thing because it's probably taken me, I don't know, hundreds of hours to settle this stuff up. So I'm not going to give you the whole lot without paying for it, obviously. I'm not that stupid. You can definitely come to our business growth mastermind and we'll put all this stuff together and it'll probably save you hundreds of thousands of dollars, a lot of stress, a lot of family problems, a lot of burnout. And that's why I think a lot of the business growth Odyssey attendees enjoy what we do because it's not just like most other masterminds where I get up there and just talk shit for two or three days and get everyone excited and amped up about what they could be doing in their business. Because I don't think that most business owners need new ideas or more ideas. What they actually need is they need more structure. They need to understand how to become a proper business leader, to become a proper business owner, to be able to manage things effectively. And then that frees them up to be able to do more fun shit in their business and also in their life instead of feeling trapped by their business. And the only fun that they have is coming up with new ideas. And this is where I see these business owners running around erratically going, hey, we should do this. Hey, let's go and implement that. Hey, I've got this new idea. Let's solve this problem. Hey, let me jump into sales. I'm gonna... And all that does is it just creates this absolute chaos in a business. That's why I make sure I teach this stuff and implement a lot of this stuff in our business growth odyssey, because I think that in order to love business, you actually have to be good at business and you have to know what you're doing. And as the owner, you have to really know the numbers You've got to know the targets. You've got to know what problems could come up. And you've got to be thinking three to 10 steps ahead. You can't be behind the ball all the time, consistently chasing your tail, running around like crazy and trying to solve a problem that you actually don't even know what the real cause of the problem is. Like if you've consistently got cash flow issues, that tells you that there's a fundamental problem in your business. If you've got consistent lead generation problems, then it tells you that there's a fundamental problem within your organization. If you're consistently trying to solve sales issues, then it tells you that there's a fundamental problem in your business. And so you've got to fix those problems. You can't just keep doing what you've always done. Most business owners love new ideas. They love problem solving. They love running around. They love communicating to everyone in whatever fashion that they love communicating them at, which most of the time is poor communication. And they love going out and hanging out with people or chatting to people or 
doing stuff like that, but it's none of those things are really good in business if you don't have a proper plan, a proper strategy or proper leadership and management behind that. Once you get that, it actually frees up a lot more time and I think a lot of business owners can really start to enjoy business instead of having that tension always there. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. The reason why I do these episodes is that most people waste their life and I just don't want you to be one of them, especially business owners out there who, you know, I think everyone starts a business so that they can have more free time, they can have more energy for their family and stuff outside of their working life. But that's not normally the case, especially when there is a lot of erraticness within the organization. Anyway, have a great day and I look forward to you joining me back here once again for another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Take care and keep pushing hard. Mm -hmm.